If you've got about five or six minutes to spare, you're good to go for the wrap. It's the end of the last week of April 2017, and this is Australia's fastest technology news roundup. You're tuned into The Wrap. And this week we start The Wrap with a bit of time travel, going back to a story we missed a few weeks before, and that's the launch of a new TV. Now you might be thinking to yourself, oh, another TV, what could we possibly learn from a new TV? And for the most part, you wouldn't be far off. But there's something to the importance of this one, with another entrant to the world of OLED. Now, currently, televisions based on organic light-emitting diode technology, that is, TVs that are basically grown in a lab and then assembled rather than just merely built, have been kind of limited. LG has offered them for some time, Samsung dabbled momentarily, and Sony used CES at the beginning of the year to announce one of its own. But other than that, OLED TVs have more or less belonged to LG for the past years, and it's really been the only player to release the goods. Not so in 2017, as Panasonic is joining, offering two OLED TVs from July with the EZ950 and the EZ1000, bringing thin and dynamic TV screens from a brand that has been working in TVs for a long time. In fact, that history is part of what Panasonic thinks will set its OLED TVs apart from the competition, as the company channels kind of a bit of Hollywood with a drive to make the colour more like what the director, the cinematographer and the film colour grader imagined, even calling on an expert to help bring the technology and its algorithm to life. Now the screens are both 4K and understandably not cheap, but with a starting price of $4,999, they'll provide some much needed competition in the OLED TV world. We also missed a bit on the sound side, which we covered this week on the website, as Samsung announced the Sound Plus Soundbar, a shift in soundbar approach that finds a way to cut out the subwoofer and throw all of that woofer technology inside the soundbar as a one-piece design. Now Samsung has been rather creative with this one, using some neat electronics to move six built-in woofers in very, very, very small ways to cut back on distortion. Essentially, Samsung is using this movement as a way of pushing the bass harder without needing to blow out the sound, allowing you to potentially get more subwoofer-like output from one box of a speaker. We heard the speaker ahead of its launch, and it sounded good to our ears, so you can only imagine how eager we are to give it a spin for a full review, though it's not the first time we've seen technology like this. Years ago, and practically when we started as journalists around 2008, Bose released desktop speakers called the Music Monitors, which didn't need a subwoofer and basically relied on two radiators set against a small air slot designed to cancel out vibrations, which in turn could drive the bass a little harder. In a way, Samsung's technology is reminiscent of this, except handled without the airflow and with electronics, so we can kind of see what the company is getting at and how it will more than likely be successful in this approach. Still, we'll let you know our thoughts with a full review soon enough. One product we put through the paces this week did have to do with sound, with Plantronics Backbeat Pro 2 getting the pick of pat-down, and by pat-down, we mean we put our hands and our ears all over this thing. And that's understandable, because at $299, aside from being a bit of a tongue twister, the Plantronics Backbeat Pro 2 is a noise-cancelling headphone worth checking out, carrying a low price and support for wireless over Bluetooth. Now, Plantronics has thrown a few neat tricks in for good measure here, with controls built into the side for easy volume and track changes, an ambient mode to let you hear the world around you, and a switch that will pick up when you've taken your headphones off, pausing the music until you're wearing them again. That means the package is fairly full-featured, and the sound is actually good and meaty too, with a warm sound, a nice tonality, and fairly punchy bass that, if we're honest, can pretty much handle anything. Noise cancellation is usable too, though it's not the best in the business, 
that goes to Sony's MDR-1000X. And while it's obviously made for use on flights, it'll still work when you're out and about as well. So you can kind of ignore the world. It will still let your friends in if they're talking loud enough, though. Really, our criticism with this is the design, because they're actually just not that pretty. Somewhere between a fake wood grain motif and this odd and slightly geeky design, they're not going to be for everyone. But given the price and the performance, it's hard not to call the Plantronics Backbeat Pro 2 headphones a bargain, because design aside, they are stellar value. Now, one more thing this week, and that's the Samsung Galaxy S8 and S8 Plus are now both out, and in Australia, where Picker and The Wrap are from, they're even rated for use out in the bush, with both Optus and Telstra. We've already heaped praise on the S8, and if you check out last week's wrap, you'll hear a spoken review, saving you from reading the 5400-word review that you'll find on the picker.com.au website, though it's obviously there if you do want to read it. And with the S8 supported in rural Australia, it's going to make the flagship phone fight for 2017 very, very interesting. We honestly can't wait to see what happens next from Rivals. Apple, you know we're looking at you. And we'll just leave those thoughts with you to end the week. Tune in next week when we wrap up the week's tech news with a bit of analysis as fast as we can in about the time it takes to drink your coffee. If you're not done yet, have another sip. Until then, have a great week. Have a great week.